Jedi's world, trivial information is accumulating every second, preserved in all its triteness, never fading, always accessible. Rumors about petty issues, misinterpretations, slander? All this junk data preserved in an unfiltered state, growing at an alarming rate. It will only slow down social progress, reduce the rate of evolution. Raiden, you seem to think that our plan is one of censorship. Are you telling me it's not? You're being silly. What we propose to do is not to control content, but to create context. Okay, I don't, I don't have a ton of time. Billions spent on new weapons in order to humanely murder other humans. Uh, I, I'm. Rights of criminals are given more respect than the privacy of their victims. My dad, president, is trying to kill me. I have to fight him. Uh, can you Although there are people suffering in poverty, huge donations are made to protect endangered species. He... Everyone grows up being told the same thing. He's wearing a super suit. But beat out the competition. You're special. Believe this, in yourself. You guys, you I, I gotta go. I'm. I look. It's it's like a lot's riding on me right now. Okay, pun no, pun intended. I'm sorry. I gotta go. It's obvious from the start that only a few can succeed. Stop. You exercise your right to freedom, and this is the result. I don't rhetoric to avoid conflict and what protect What the fuck are you even her. talking about? The untested truths spun from different interests continue to turn and accumulate in the sandbox of political correctness this is, and value systems. That's garbage to me. That's worthless. <laughs> All right, go kill your dad. Okay, thanks. Bye. Good luck. Love you. All right. <laughs> We sneak through terrorist cells and break the fourth wall, and you are listening to a podcast right now. You, in your headphones. I'm talking to you. I don't even need to say your name. You're touching your face right now. In Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, as Hideo Kojimba continues, here on the podcast, how did this get played? Turn the volume up. Welcome to Out of This Get Play, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and most notable video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. <laughs> Edge, our guest shaking his head already. <laughs> Immediately dismissing this nonsense. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> um, guys we'll, we'll we'll introduce our guest in one second and get into this week's game which is uh i'm i'm very very excited to talk about but before we do that and and uh, again just noting it is today oko jember we're, we're celebrating and and uh touring the games of what what's the language we used chronicling what? Uh, an exploration of exploration uh, yes, that's yes. what we're exploring the games of Hideo kojima all month long and um, we got a big one this week. But before we do that, it's a big week in gaming for other reasons. It's not just Kojember. This is new console week. And so I, I let's get into 70 seconds in gaming heaven. 
Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to defer to Matt and Heather because I have not gotten my sticky fingers on any new hardware. But I know you have, and and our guest oh. has as well. Our guest is holding something up. Wow. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to start the timer now. Um, so Heather, RPS fives have not come yet. No, they haven't. But I did get a great Game Boy Advance game in the mail this week called Rhythm Tengoku. Okay, uh, Wait a minute. Which I've been playing nonstop. It's like WarioWare, but without any of the maliciousness. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I know there are a lot of new games out there to play, but I feel like sometimes you got to look backwards in order to move forwards. Wow. This is like this is like uh, uh, 9-11 happened. And you are saying, uh, so the big news this week, Mariah Carey's Glitter is in theaters. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't know that we should be comparing the release of the Xbox to 9-11, the death mm, of thousands of Americans. That's especially true. When we're, <laughs> no, fair point. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the new consoles, but I do have a funny 9-11 anecdote. And what? I only have 10 seconds left. Uh, I got the Xbox Series S, and now I'm the Xbox Kid. That's the can. That's canon of the show. Yes, I, I love Gears of War 5. Kid. That's what I, I have it now, and I love it. I'm waiting for my PS5. Um, okay, that was the time. My 9-11 anecdote is... <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just real quick. I, got, I was getting my car service at a mechanic here in Los Angeles, and I was looking around. This guy wouldn't stop talking to me about fish and fishing, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy won't just leave. I just want my keys back. But I'm looking around his office, and he has... Um, like these photos of him catching these like giant fish and he was like uh, very proud of this fish and the date on this one that he's the most proud of is September 10th 2001 so wow he has this photo and I'm just thinking this guy all he wanted to do the next day was talk about this fish and he couldn't <laughs> he right. couldn't talk about it at all must have killed him. He's like, okay, well, yeah, you think that's crazy. I caught the biggest <laughs> fish in my life yesterday. He's <laughs> got that anecdote queued up for work. Just goes in there to people sobbing. Oh, man, um, what? <laughs> oh, hey, on that note, <laughs> we should introduce our guest. Uh, yes. Our game this week, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, and my understanding is this is our guest's favorite game. We'll get into this in one second. An actor and comedian, one of the hosts of the podcast, Culture Kings. Great podcast right here on Earwolf. Jaquise Neal is here. How, what's up, Jaquise? Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? I feel like I should start with, I also have a 9-11 anecdote. <laughs> wow. Um, if we're doing that, is that how we start the podcast? We, we yeah, every, yeah, every week. Yes. <laughs> I So on the morning of 9-11, before I found out about, you know, uh, planes and buildings and yeah. death and all that bad stuff. I that's when I found out that Michael Jordan was coming back to play for the Wizards, and I'm a Chicago <laughs> kid. You know, I was mad. I was mad that morning. I was sad. I was moping, and then I got to school, and you know, teachers were sad and shit. And I was like, all right, y'all, it ain't this damn serious. Like my fuck is crying. I don't know about you know. I was like, come on now, like I, I get it. We Chicagoans, but he just coming back to play basketball. And then my Spanish teacher was the one who was like. God, today is just such a terrible day. And I'm like in the back, like, yo, y'all tripping. And then he was like, and then I found out, you know, 9-11 happened. And I was like, oh, right. okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's right. That's right. Michael Jordan is on the back burner today. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the subject of, of Michael Jordan and, and, uh, and Chicago, have you ever messed around with Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City? The classic, uh, well, not classic video game? Yeah, yeah. I played it. As a kid, um, and I don't remember it, so that probably tells you everything 
that you need to know about the game. Like, but yeah, I played it as I think I feel like most Chicago kids probably played it like in right. in, in the early days. Um, but it was all about you know NBA Live and Jam and all that. Then like those Michael Jordan basketball games were bad. One hundred percent. We we played Chaos in the Windy City for the podcast, and I barely remember it. And we played it last year. It, it's it's a it's a pretty. I mean, it's an interesting game just cause, just because it exists, but it's it's a weird platformer uh, where right. Michael Jordan is throwing basketballs at at skeletons. Yeah, um, but yeah, the the it's so that era when he wouldn't you know license his likeness uh, and name and likeness to any of the uh, the licensed basketball games. He mm-hmm. was like kind of his own thing. And then so there was always like a guy like number double player 99. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. John Jeffries for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Um, it was, was uh, always white. Who was always yes, yeah. white. <laughs> and he was always the 12th man on the bench. They didn't even put him in the starting line. You had to insert him into the starting lineup and then just right. dominate people. Uh, yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you were holding up your, your PlayStation 5 earlier. Yes. Uh, you just got your PS5 last night, is my understanding. I got it. I got it at 9.20 p.m. Wow. Have you even hooked it up yet? We're recording, in the, not, we're recording in the morning. I have not hooked it up yet. I'm contemplating whether I, I'm about to move soon in like the next mm. two weeks. Um, wow. So I'm contemplating. Do I hook this up here and then just, or do I take it to the new place, you know, and, and, and christen it? Right. As a, an entire new experience. And I may not be able to do that, but that sounds like a beautiful plan. So yeah. I haven't hooked it up yet. We'll see if I cave in today. I might hook it up and play some Miles Morales. Uh, we I don't know. I don't know yet, but I'm excited. I'm excited to hook it up. I've I've got my games, but the system is still on its way. So I'm just staring at the package from Miles, just like, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm image training, like pr- preparing myself to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking at my my setup and being like, is it going to go over here or is it mm-hmm. too big to go over there? Um, this thing is most- big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got the box, and you know, I like normally when I get boxes at my front door, I like kind of push them in with my feet. And I was like, I can't push this shit. And I had to pick it up. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is heavy. (laughs) It is heavy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's, I mean, it looks heavy. It looks bulky. Uh, That's, uh, this is the first firsthand experience I've heard with a console. I'm excited to get one. I, did you go disk drive or no disk drive? I went disk drive because I also use it, even though, like, I don't, can't remember the last time I played a disk. I Mm. have. I mean, if you see over my, like, what's this shoulder? My left shoulder. Um, like on the wall there, I have like DVDs like hanging off my wall. So like right. I have a lot of things that I can watch, and I figured I need a disc drive in case I decide to watch. Anything. There's a lot of stuff that isn't available on any of the streaming platforms or for purchase, and that's what my DVD collection right. is at this point. Is just like Criterion Collection, fucking The Killer, or Hard Boiled, and it's like that's the only place I can watch. Those movies, so you have to have a disc drive. Also, I got a lot of stuff on PS4 for disc, so right. I'm excited that for that backwards compatible compatibility. <laughs> compatibility. <laughs> I know. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's I, that's uh, the cal- I still haven't decided which way I'm going to go. I'm leaning no disk drive because I buy basically everything digital, but I know at some point that is going to like lock me out of something that's removed from the PlayStation Store, and you're only going to be able to to have a physical copy. So I'm just like I'm just I'm just wondering how much do I need to anticipate that. <laughs> A, a, a perfect example of that very situation yes. biting us in the ass is next week's game. Next week's game, is, PT, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was never available on disc and nobody can really play it. Right. So, like, that. I mean, that's why you got to get you got to get that physical media. That's mm-hmm. what Death Stranding's all about. Get that physical media. It's Come on, guys. It's Kojember. Hold it in your hand. <laughs> Rub it in people's faces. You know, like, oh, you don't, you don't have this? You don't have this right here? That's what I do. That's what, whenever I get physical discs, I just go outside to the street and just be like, I got this. You can't do that with streaming. <laughs> meep, meep, meep. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Um, uh, so I, I want to pivot to uh, pretty early in, in the show to to the Metal Gear series and the Metal Gear Sol- Solid series because there's a lot to talk about with this game. Is it true that Metal Gear Solid Two is your favorite game or or, or uh, one of your favorites? It's definitely one of my favorites. It's up there. Um, it is one of my. So when I think of classic games, because at this point the game came out what almost twenty years ago. Almost twenty years. Yeah. Um, so when I think of classic games, it is one of two. Um, between that and and uh, Splinter Cell. Wow. Uh, wow. But I remember Metal Gear Solid more, so I say that's my favorite game um, like that I've ever played, you know, up to this point beyond like GTA V or Spider-Man right. even and things like that. Uh, I love it. It's such a good game. It, it, it would, it's what made me think like, oh, I think you're a gamer uh, was Metal <laughs> Gear Solid 2. Hmm. Is is it uh cuz I I know you're you're younger than me but about like what age range was it hitting you? For me it was hitting me in college. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2. So if I'm not mistaken this game came out 01? 2001. 2001? Right after our 9/11 act. I was about to say I think it came out right after 9/11. So that was just a big week, you know. That was a big week. But yeah, so I was um, in 2001. I was a sophomore in in high school. Got it. Yes, it's it, for me. It was definitely it, it. It I was I was just on the cusp of uh, like 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 the right age to to be getting to be experiencing this game and being having a similar reaction to you. It was like holy shit, this is like a new level of interactivity for me. The main thing I remember about this game, and as I was replaying it. Uh, which I had fun doing, but not as much fun as I expected. And we'll get yeah. into that in a second. Um, I like like just things like, oh, shit, you can shoot. That's right. You can shoot a radio out of a guy's hand. Uh, you know, you can wound a guy's leg. If you shoot a dart in someone's neck, it knocks them out right away. But if you shoot them in, in shoot a dart in their ass, it takes like a minute for the you know tranquilizer to to seep in. To like just in. that level of detail. I, I just remember blowing my mind yeah. uh, when I was playing it because it, it, it was in a lot of ways unprecedented and set a lot of these uh, set this degree of detail and 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 precision in the in the design like like it, it kind of set a bar that I think a lot of games have been you know aspiring to hit and or or using as a baseline to exceed mm-hmm. um but wait you mentioned uh, uh the other game you mentioned uh splinter cell are they still making splinter cells I don't think so mm. um I think I stopped playing after double agent 
or the game that came out right after Double Agent. I can't remember the exact one, but because I like Double Agent as well. Uh, but the one that came out right after, I was like, oh, this is conviction. This is okay. I was like, yeah, I don't, okay. this isn't as good. Um, and it's still a good game, but I fell off of it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think they stopped making them, but they should bring them back because they're good. They're good games. How how about the uh uh yeah it's a series I've only really dabbled with but but how about the Metal Gear series have you have you kept up with it past uh two and and I assume three yeah so obviously two and I three I also played and I liked it I liked it but it didn't stick with me mm. um like Sons of Liberty did and so I think I also got. Uh, four, which was Old Snake, I think. Yes, yeah. That was and the I, PS3 launch one, right? Yeah, Old Snake? yeah. And and I was just like, all right, I, you you died, then you died, like or, <laughs> or something. <laughs> something made me feel like I don't know, I don't know. I think at that point I was starting to get into more um um, um, um like sports games, right? And just like letting that be. What dominated my time was uh, just playing nothing but Madden and and NBA 2K and stuff like that. So the long-form games I started to fall away from um, around that time frame. Similar to you, I had kind of like an interregnum, I guess you would call it, of like uh, just like a period where I wasn't playing all that many big narrative games because I was just like busy with work and, uh, you know, relationship, etc. And so... Yeah, getting back into that, I do have some blind spots and some gaps in knowledge, which we talked about on the show. And I, I, I love Metal Gear Solid Three. I, I, th- I believe it's, I believe that's Matt's favorite game, or at least your high point of the series. Yeah, it's um, one of my all-time faves. It's great. But four, but four and five, I never messed around with. And this, I will say, uh, playing through Kojima's games and playing through Metal Gear Solid Two and Metal Gear Solid One, which I, which I uh, was playing as well makes me want to play four and five and makes me want to be like, well, I wonder what actually happened with those. I heard people like, um, Old Snake, the, and, yeah. and the one that just came out five, which was just a few years ago, I think. Yeah. I heard people like received. it. Yeah. yeah. I heard people like it. I just, like you said, narrative games for me, it, narrative games. I'm, I'm a real big stickler with narrative games. Uh, the narrative games that I like now are open world narrative games. So like GTA, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and they have to be quick. Like even Red Dead Redemption, everybody keeps telling me like, man, it's such a good game. And I started it and I'm because it was open world. You could do stuff. And I'm like, I'm just on the fucking horse. Like I accidentally <laughs> shot somebody and I got, I can't even, I, I, it was too slow for me. Right. <laughs> and, and people say it picks up, but. Yeah, slower narrative games now just don't hold my attention as much because I am too busy, I think. Or maybe yeah. I'm just dumb. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, probably the latter. Uh, <laughs> well, if you're talking like a 90-hour experience, which something like, like RDR2 is, it's it's like, what, you, you've, if you've got two hours to play video games a week... Then that's like a what? That's like a better part of a year you're spending <laughs> yeah. playing one game. That's like a yeah. lot of time, and, a and lot of time. so I understand people wanting like a more disposable, express, accessible uh, experience. But let's get into Metal Gear Solid Two uh, as we it. continue, Cojember. Uh, Heather, Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty was released in November thirteenth, two thousand one. Other games from that year include Final Fantasy X, Super Smash Brothers Melee, Grand Theft Auto Three, and Conker's Bad. 
Fur Day. It's a stealth game developed by Konami and uh, written and directed by Hideo Kojima of Hideo Kojima. That's his big credit. It is a stealth-based tactical espionage espionage. Man, I'm telling you, it is like, early. we, rec- it is we early. normally yeah. record at night, and I usually have a beer in me, so this is easier. Metal Gear Solid <laughs> is a tactical espionage action game, uh, which means that you sneak around uh, a base or two, uh, try to avoid enemies <laughs> at all costs, and when you mm. do have to confront them, you try and hide their bodies after you take them out. Um, it is a sequel to a game where you played as Solid Snake, and in a way, a remake of that game also commenting on the existence of the first game. It had a notoriously surprising protagonist where the game was sold with trailers that did not take place in the game itself, starring Solid Snake. But after the first mission, you take uh, the, um, the, you take the, what do you call it? When you take the body, you take the form. You take the. You, I take the form of Ryan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am now he, and he is now me. Uh, Ryan is a uh, sort of a bishonen, like he's a uh, a pretty boy with yes. long hair, and he's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of skinny and pale and nerdy and his voice is fucking irritating as shit. It really uh, is. It, it's, I, I mean, like, right in for me, it's just his whole, all of Raiden throughout the game, through all the codec conversation is just, the Patriots? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just some bit of exposition is given to him and then he's like, Metal Gear? <laughs> he just reacts to it. Which is, I think... I think if you, I mean, I don't, I haven't read a ton of interviews because it took me all week to play the game. Uh, I think it's supposed to be commentary on the kinds of people who played Metal Gear Solid 1 and were like, I'm Snake, I'm tough, I'm badass. And instead Kojima is like, no, you're more like this fanboy who like looks at, if you want to be in the game here, now you're, you're this, this little Weasel, weasel of a man yeah. who ends up yes. naked <laughs> and and it talks about it it like it's so referential so self-referential to the point where it's talking about all the vr missions that uh yeah that right trained in and to to, to your point heather so uh, they released metal gear solid and then metal gear solid vr missions uh which was like basically like a standalone expansion pack pretty much i played both vr missions are actually a lot of fun uh, but b- the implication is that that the training for Raiden was the VR missions that you could play if you were. Really? Yeah, like 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 they like those are some those are referenced in some ways directly by uh, by Colonel Campbell. Um, uh, speaking my, of Campbell, that's my that's my dad. Uh, You didn't tell us your dad was in the game I've been waiting to say it But my dad is an AI And he's in the game That's a spoiler (laughs) You know it's it's really interesting because um, This was one of the first games that I ever replayed And Mm. by replay I mean I replayed it like two years after um, it came out And it was also a game that It was one of the first games that I actually watched a friend play uh, this was my first Twitch. Uh, oh wow! For Twitch, you know, so like that's how you know I could sit and watch people play. But I'm really interested because I haven't gone back to it since, you know, the early 2000s, and I'm really interested what I would think of it now. 
like yeah. what I would think of the writing character um, or just the gameplay, the mechanics, all of it, what I would think of it now. Because at the time, in 2001, when all, all of the things that made this game surprising mm-hmm. weren't surprising for shock value. They were surprising because they were kind of revolutionary um, for yes. gaming at the time. Like, you don't switch the protagonist in the middle of the game. <laughs> like, that yeah. rarely happened. Um in the way that Metal Gear Solid 2 did it, at least. So, you know, I, I wonder, knowing all of that and being 18 years removed um, with how gaming has boomed since then, I do wonder what I would think of it now, because you guys just recently played it. Yes. Um, well, yeah. I've, I've uh, I, like you, I played through it at the time multiple times. This is a game, like, I played through on very hard. Like, I was, like, I got to the point where I just, like, I loved playing through it, especially the tanker mission, just playing mm-hmm. through that obsessively and, you know, learning the patterns and, and and returning to it, I was like, oh, this will be like riding a bike. But it is just a little janky and clunky, in particular, the camera like it, mm. it, it's it's I saw someone describe this as it's functionally a 2D game uh, in 3D space. And because it doesn't really use the different, you know, if there's a if there's a guard up on a catwalk, he's not looking down at you. You're not having you know, he's mm-hmm. he's got his own plane. He's minding. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's fundamentally a 2D game in a 3D space. And. The gameplay is so much just looking at that mini map and looking at at the guards cones of vision and just and just trying to stealth through that. Um, it's just a little like the set pieces are really, really cool and, and and those still hold up, but they are also things that you've seen in other games since. Uh, but Heather, you played it for the first time. Yeah, this is my very first Metal Gear of any kind. Uh, this game has been built up for 20 years, 20 years. I've been like hearing people talk about Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. Uh, and when I, I was like me with sex for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> people were yeah. talking to you about sex when you were like one very early. Did you just have sex now. <laughs> very recent for me. Yes. Very recent. Very recent. So and my... it lived up to your expectations. Nick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real it was... janky, little clunky. It was really postmodern, uh, for Nick. Uh, <laughs> So my my first thoughts were 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 like when especially when I f- first saved and the available hours of the game is in the thousands like it's like your 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 save is like forty five minutes but the hours can go up to like nine hundred or nine thousand hours I was like oh god this is so long I mean like I'm never gonna get through this this is insane um, I expected it to be okay. The controls in this game suck so much, guys. They suck so much. And if you're dropped into Metal Gear Solid 2 having never played a Metal Gear game and there's no tutorial of any kind until after you play the section as Snake. So Kojima didn't want to give Snake a tutorial because it's Snake. He should already know how to do everything. But if you're a new player, you're like, my Snake was an idiot. Like, he got (laughs) killed so many times. Um... And also, like, the wall-hugging mechanic, I was used to things like Gears of War where you press a button to snap to cover or, like, uh, mm-hmm. right. The Last of Us. With this, you press against the wall, and then when the camera reorients, you have to remember the 
previous camera position in order to move along the wall. So sometimes you press Mm. up to stick to a wall because the wall is at the top of the screen. But then as the screen rotates, up remains up even if your character is moving to the left. And that is it, that is a, an insane control scheme, extremely off-putting, and almost fucking ruined the game for me. Mm. Um, but then I start, I started to love it. It's pretty it's pretty good, guys. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I I can't imagine the that sounds awful. Like if you would tell me that now, <laughs> and I've never played, like I'm not playing that shit. Like I don't have. <laughs> I have trouble, like, I have to put my shoes together to, like, figure out which one is left and right. Like, I don't have time (laughs) to figure out, like, (laughs) the camera change and which button I'm supposed to press. Like, I don't have time for that. Like, it was very much, uh, you know, younger me did, but 34-year-old me is like, I I don't have to. So that sounds hard as hell. Yeah, it, it's it's a you know, and and aside from the wall hugging, you know, it's just sort of and some of this for me because I'd just been playing Metal Gear Solid One. So if I hadn't, it probably would have been even more like, oh yeah, you have to do this. It's like the process for shooting around cover is like you're leaning up against a wall with your analog stick, and then I think you have to you know you draw your weapon with R two, uh, you press square to go around cover and draw your weapon, which you're going to release to fire a, 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 to fire a shot, uh, and then you you, you press R one to no I think it's L two to to draw your weapon, then it's R one yeah. to uh to go into first person mode. So no. it's just a pretty complicated. No, L2 is items. L2 R2, is items, that's right. R2 is weapons. Yes. Uh, R1 is first person perspective. Square is you push to pull out your weapon, release to fire the weapon. Yes. But the only way to pull out your weapon and not fire it uh, is then to toggle R2 while holding square. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really clunky. And it and it wow. and it is like, you know, it's a it's a thing that you can get into your muscle memory, but there's a learning curve. And what you were saying, Heather, of like, yeah, that tutorial mission, it's not tutorial mission, the cold open, the tanker mission, which again is an awesome level. I think it's like really, yeah. really fucking cool play space. And uh, it's not but, a short cold open either. No, like, no, it's pretty yeah. substantial. It's like it's, three, it's like two or three hours. Yeah, yeah. And um and uh, although I know people can speed run it faster, but it it's uh, it's like it's also pr- one of the more difficult sections of the game, which I also think was a Kojima choice to mm-hmm. to have like we'll start with like one of the harder levels, and then we'll go to well then you'll take over as Raiden, and then playing as Raiden, you will like have like some easier stretches because that first chunk of when you get to Big Shell, which is the second section of the game, the bulk of the game, like those first few sections are are trivially easy compared to, to what you're doing in the tanker mission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it's weirdly paced. For me, what I remember most about playing a snake, and I don't remember ever playing Metal Gear Solid 1. Mm-hmm. Um, so I very much dropped in and had to learn the game uh, which is why I remember the second time I played the snake mission was a little easier because like I now I know the controls, you know, right. And but for me, so for me, you know, it, you, you said two, three hours. That shit took fucking five, six hours for me, you know, because I don't know <laughs> right. what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but so it felt and, and at this point, you know. Like I said, I didn't I don't have the concept, the concept of. If I'm playing with one character, I'm expecting to play with that character for the rest of the game. You know, mm-hmm. I think at this yes. point I was also playing uh, Resident Evil 2 or somewhere around that 
and you play with the same person pretty much the entire game, right? So when you get to the end of Snake and he dies, spoiler alert, uh, um, <laughs> you know, everything at this point that my brain tells me from movies and video games is, oh, he ain't dead. Yes. You know, uh, mm-hmm. because you don't expect that. And then all of a sudden I'm this new character, which I'm like, okay, this is just a level. And I'm into it. And I'm like three, four, five. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I this character now? Because <laughs> you didn't know. You didn't know, like, because they didn't advertise him. They didn't know. Like, they, you didn't know that there was another ant- protagonist in this video game. So uh, it, was, it was really interesting to play with the Switch. Uh, the game yeah, that the I kept thinking about. The game I kept thinking about while playing this uh, was The Last of Us Part Two. Yes. Uh, which uh, similarly is uh, sort of attacks player entitlement to uh, what they think the story should be and then forces them to empathize or to reposition themselves emotionally in a video game so that they can be like, oh, Snake is cool, but I am not Snake in the same way that These are the enemies that I'm fighting, but the enemies all have stories and I don't know their stories. Like if like Last of Us Part Two forces you to empathize and uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 forces you to defamiliarize. And I think those are both like uh, my favorite Star Wars film, uh, The Last Jedi, uh, all are um, commentary on the thing while while also like making the thing more beautiful. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. And also, I think the the Last of Us 2 parallels, which to me are striking beyond uh, like beyond what you what you already said, uh, you know, a sequel like like one of the most two of the most hyped games of all time, I, I would say, are Metal Gear Solid 2 and The Last of Us uh, Part 2, you know, sequels to games that were considered one of the best games of the previous generation universally lauded. And they both deprive you of the player character that you love from the first game early on. You get to play as Joel Miller for a little bit, then he's killed. You get to play as Solid Snake for a little bit, and then he's killed. But maybe. But um, maybe. And then, and then you get a new <laughs> protagonist who a lot of people fucking hated. Like, mm. like Raiden was, was loath. And Abby, similarly, people were like, who the fuck is Abby? People were like, like you know, people have gotten on board with it. But that, that, that actor was getting you know, so much uh, uh, abuse and, and and harassment just for embodying this character that was not Joel Miller. And uh, and and similarly, I feel like the the polarizing reaction to the, for the to fans has receded over time. I feel like now Metal Gear Solid 2, looking back on it, people are like, oh, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2, that game was so detailed and so amazing. Like it's uh, the, the gameplay systems were mind blowing. I feel like uh, over time, The Last of Us 2 is going to have a similar sort of reception. For, for me, it's a little bit like going into a restaurant and you always order the same sandwich. And there are two kinds of people who, who order food at a restaurant. There's the person who just wants that sandwich. They never mm-hmm. want anything else. And then there's people who trust the chef. And <laughs> Chuck Keese raised his hand for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust no damn chef. If, if you go in and you're like, oh, yeah, I really want that turkey club. And then the chef comes out and he puts down chicken parmesan. You're like, what the fuck is this? Especially if you've right. never seen chicken parmesan before. And he's like, winks at you or she. And like, hey, I think... Also, they're Italian. Oh, I think you like it. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> a little Dracula, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I think you like the blood. That's why I don't trust the chef. He's Dracula. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I think that when it comes to art uh, and and ingesting that art, there is like a 
It's wrong to be entitled. But if you go to a restaurant and you want a sandwich, it's right to be entitled to the sandwich. Does, maybe? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. No, that makes sense. a bad I metaphor. That no, makes, I think no, that makes perfect that makes sense. Good. I mean, so you mentioned a couple times that people hated Raiden. And I don't remember hating him um, when I played the, the mm-hmm. you know, each time. And I don't know why that is. I don't know. I think because, one, it was just jarring that you're playing as this new character. But also because as you're playing as a new character, like you said, Heather, you are also now learning the game through this character's eyes. So for me, it kind of had like a sense of pride, like, okay, I came up with writing, you know, like me and writing right. are this thing together. <laughs> you know, we, you know, we we went through the trenches together to get to the end here. Right. Um, so when I played the second time, I had an enormous amount of fun playing this writing because the learning curve was gone. So like the beginning part, I could just breeze through and get to and get to the hard shit um, and actually play it from somebody who, you know, has the experience of already playing with this character and like, see if I could speed through it and beat my own shit, like kill people with efficiency and like things like that. So, you know, it, it was fun because what you were supposed to do with snake I eventually learned with Raiden. So the second time I played it, I played Raiden with that sense of entitlement um, mm-hmm. that yeah. most people probably had when you play with Snake for the first time or when you play with Snake in Metal Gear Solid 2 for the first part of the game. 100%. And, and also, you know, as linear as the story is, which we should talk about in one second, the ways to, like you have so much flexibility in terms of how you want to handle encounters. Mm-hmm. You can you can take out the guards one by one. You can completely ignore the guards. You have all sorts of mechanics you can use to distract the guards or, you know, hide from the guards like there. There are just so many ways to tackle each area. You know, you've got you've got problems, not puzzles. And, and it's up to you in terms of how you want to navigate them. Um, and, I, and I think that lends itself to, to near endless replayability, certainly for a game of this generation. Uh, but Heather, let's get into the story, because the story is, I think, what a lot of people still talk about with this game. Yeah. All right. So the story, I'm just going to read this straight out of Wikipedia because it's the most concise version of it that I can find. The story revolves around Big Shell, a massive offshore cleanup facility seized by a group of terrorists who call themselves the Sons of Liberty. They demand an enormous ransom in exchange for the life of the president of the United States, who is on Big Shell, and threaten to destroy the facility and create a cataclysmic environmental disaster if their demands are not met. The motives and identities of many of the antagonists and allies change throughout the course of the game as the protagonists discover a world-shaking conspiracy constructed by a powerful organization known as the Patriots. So in, like, that's a way to summarize it, but in, like, the ingestion of this story, you're first your snake and you're on a tanker and that's two years ago and then you die. Then you're riding and you're on big shell. You're trying to defuse a bunch of bombs uh, while Colonel Campbell helps you out via what is it? CQC? Codec. 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 Yeah. Um, via Codec. And your long term girlfriend is also on the Codec helping you out with uh, with saving the game and also a couple of hints here and there. Um while she grills you about your relationship with her. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, you discover that the president is in on the conspiracy itself. Uh, The oil tanker or the oil facility is a giant metal gear and a uh, 
an AI designed by the patriots to control the flow of information in the world to censor effectively the internet and news organizations has designed the entire scenario of this in tactical encounter for you, Raiden, to become a solid snake type mercenary yourself. Um, it's a meta, it, it like everybody involved has been given false pretenses to become involved with the plot. Uh, yes. All in an effort to make Raiden into a super soldier, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. But and also one of the members of uh, of the uh, rogue terrorist organization that has taken over Big Shell is the former president of the United States, uh, George Sears, a.k.a. Solidus, who is also one of the clones is cloned from Big Boss like Solid Snake and like Liquid Snake, the first game's antagonist. Um, so you've got that. The, the dynamic is if you think of it in real world terms. It's basically President Biden visits the Deepwater Horizon oil rig to inspect the cleanup. Mm -hmm. While he's there, he gets kidnapped by a group of terrorists mm -hmm. who are led by former President Donald Trump, not just as like the figurehead, but as the battlefield commander. He is there. Trump is there with a gun leading the organization <laughs> that kidnaps Joe Biden and holds him hostage on the Deepwater Horizon oil rig. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that whole oil spill was faked. It was a pretense of fake environmental disaster so they could build a nuclear armed mech underwater. And inside that mech is the algorithm that moderates Facebook. It's, you just you just explained 2021 perfectly. <laughs> you know, I think. Uh, yeah, man. Q is gonna pick that up, Nick. Yeah. Oh, who, knew you knew the, who knew you knew the future, man? Nick, that was, that was gorgeous, Nick. That was really great. It's so fuck. Thank you, Heather. It's so fucking like like if you think of it, in, it's one of those things where you think of it in real real terms. The world of of Metal Gear is so fucking wild. It it's is wild. bananas. What's going on? The story itself, you know, for me, that's what I relate to the most. Is because, like I said. Uh, me and my friend Jeremy Flowers, shout out Jeremy Flowers, we, this, we both had this game, and we both would watch each other play. And this is a game we both had and would play, but like for me, it was just the story of the game was so interesting to me as a 14-year-old kid. You know, this is right, I had just started to really get into politics. You know, this is right after Bush Gore and all that good shit, you know, so like, I'm like, okay, you know, like president and conspiracies and all this, the 9-11, you know. So it was so much in the changing world for a teenager right. that this story was something that I really connected to because it had conspiracies and it had like, okay, what is your government really doing? And like all these type of things that I'm like, all right, I could watch this movie. I, I, I likened it to, even though it's not anything like it, but I liked it to watching a movie uh, like Enemy of the State, for sure. instance. Like, it had that type of, uh, even though, like I said, it's nothing like it, but it had that type of interest in it where I'm just like, what really goes on in the government? You know? Yeah. Or wh who, mm -hmm. who's really in charge here? Uh, and so the story was just really interesting for me to watch and, and consume just as somebody who enjoyed storytelling. 
And the story, it begins to eat itself in the second half of the game. Yes. Uh, which um, I, I, I mean, having played Death Stranding, having played Snatcher, I'm aware that Kojima makes games that are aware that they are games. But I will say that I was shocked a couple of times by the implementation of that postmodernism in this one, specifically in, a, in an event that Apodaca texted about, which is after you're riding and you are tortured and uh, stripped of all your clothes, you're running around a facility trying to find your gear, and Colonel Campbell, the AI, begins to tell you trope like Kojima tropes like turn off your console. Yeah. Uh, yes. He he so references. Bad. Metal Gear on the MSX. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose begins to deteriorate. Your girlfriend begins to deteriorate. You you find out that uh, she is a construct that you've never actually had a relationship with. Yeah. And then the radar that you use to navigate the world, which you stare at as much as the game, as Weiger pointed out, becomes video in like live action video of like a woman in a bathing suit lying yeah. on a chair. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I, 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 there, it wasn't scary, but it was, spooky. I was scary. <laughs> it was, it's yeah. wild. It is, yeah. a, it is so jar. It, it, it was like this, the second jarring thing in the video game. Cause the first yeah. was the protagonist switch and yeah. then realizing slowly, like, Oh, because even like when Snake died, I think if I'm remembering correctly, and you guys just played it recently, the first shot after that, is it something like you don't know who you are? It's just like you kind of waking up almost something like that. Is that, mm-hmm. am I remembering that yes. correctly? Yeah, so, yeah you're un- you're underwater and, and you're actually being addressed as Snake. And then he right. changes your code name to Raiden. Right. So this entire yeah. time I'm thinking like, oh yeah, all right, two years later, his death was faked or something. I'm him right. again. This is just two year jump. So that was jarring, but like like you said, when it started to eat itself, and it started using things like turn off your console and and your girlfriend, who you're invested in at this point, is not your girlfriend. Uh, which you know, in high school, I can relate to that. You know, <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn, Ashley, not my girlfriend. I thought we were dating, girl. Uh, <laughs> I made that up. Uh, but you know, it it was a jarring, and it's it's weird because. Up until that point, at least the games that I had played, I had never seen or experienced anything like that. You know, like the games didn't do that. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There, there was some meta stuff in Metal Gear Solid 1, but no, nowhere near to this degree. Uh, Matt, we actually have some of those uh, clips of, of Colonel Campbell freaking out. Uh, the, the actor, voice actor, Paul Eiding, along with David Hayter, who plays Solid Snake, are, are the two highlights of the cast. Um, uh, and, uh, but, but here's, here's Colonel Campbell as he starts to deteriorate. It turns out that he's AI. Snake, or sorry, Raiden rather has never met him in person. Um, and due to a virus, he's starting to say banana stuff like this. Raiden, turn the game console off right now. What did you say? The mission is a failure. Cut the power right now. What's wrong with you? Don't worry. It's a game. It's a game just like usual. You'll ruin your eyes playing so close to the TV. What are you talking about? Also, just just throughout there, just more again, more of Raiden's performance. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> huh? 
<laughs> I hear it's amazing when the famous purple stuffed worm in Flapjaw space with the tuning fork does a raw blink on Harry Carey Rock. I need scissors. 61. <laughs> It's great. So good. Uh, Harry Carey Rock. I need scissors. 61. What? What? It's rad. So funny. It's also that that this game keeps topping itself because this has happened after you have you rescue the president, and the president explains the whole conspiracy of the Patriots. And then that ends with because the 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 president's biometrics are tied to the nuclear launch codes, which are how you're going. They're going to free Metal Gear. Um, and so the president says to you, kill me. Like the, pres- <laughs> the president begs for death. Mm-hmm. I, I want to so say fucking wild. The, look, the, uh, I would guess maybe. 30 to 40% of this game is unplayable. Like it is just codex that you're listening to or cutscenes or cinema or or whatever. But there is a level of play playfulness in all of those codex that uh that is constantly satisfying. I have a clip that I'd like to play which is from before you find out that Colonel Campbell is an AI. And this is what happens if you go into a bathroom, get on your knees, and stare at a toilet, and then call your colonel. Oh, man. All right. Easter eggs. I love it. Raiden, I didn't know you had such weird interests. Not that uh, there's anything wrong with that, though. Just that, well, it's a little weird. Jack, I think that's a little weird. <laughs> what? Imagine like watching a like watching a super soldier make his way through a facility. He takes a break to go into a bathroom, get on his knees, and stare at the toilet, and then call his, call his girl. <laughs> so funny! Yeah, I love that. I love that. It. I. You know. I wonder. Um, I wonder if things. I mean, Easter eggs have been in games before that, but I also remember because for me at least, this is when the internet started to really boom. Mm-hmm. So you know, I probably searched on the internet like Metal Gear Solid Two tips. I'm keep dying at this one level, and then you find out like all these things uh, yeah. that you can go check out. I wonder since this is. Right around the time where games could really start using, or not start using, but people could start using the internet to search the games that they're playing, um, did they have that in mind as they were making it? Like, things that people were going to have to search for and look for online to actually enjoy in the game. I, I mean, I'm sure, because that's been such a thing that, that Kojima has leaned on. And, you know, in the story of this game, it's so much about the the Internet and, and social media and everyone having a voice or anticipating what would become social media. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it is like that that pre-YouTube game facts slash message mm-hmm. board era of trying to find secrets and learning that you could do something. And the way you experience it is you just do it yourself. You don't get to watch a video of someone else doing it right. or you watch your friend doing it. It's it's like a totally different era of of gaming. Um, and you get reminded of a lot of these moments of what you were what you were just playing, Heather, the that the clip. uh I saw a video of just optional codec conversations, which I watched more of than I expected. But that video. Again, optional conversations, one hour and 40 minutes. 
There is so much <laughs> optional content in this game. There's so many Easter eggs. It it makes the game feel alive. Like yes. if you mm-hmm. can if you can shoot people in the leg and uh, that leg is no longer functional, like they'll limp away from that combat encounter. Uh, or if you shoot a gun out of their hand or or shoot their hand or shoot them in the shoulder, whatever, mm-hmm. like that implies a whole world. And the more detail that is infused into this world, like the fact that you can go into a toilet and stare at it and call your colonel and something happens makes the second half of the game more unsettling when it begins to deconstruct because you feel like it's alive. Like one of the right. details that like I watched a fucking two hour video or something about like details in Metal Gear Solid 2. And one of the things is that you can shoot in the tanker mission a glass of ice and then the ice hits the counter and will melt in real time, which is that's nuts. Some, that's crazy. That's so yeah. dope. That's yeah. so dope. And this is around the time when like new gen, like this is like the Dreamcast, the Xbox. Uh, uh, what was the second Xbox? 360, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the 360. All This is when like next gen really started to take shape. Mm-hmm. So... Things like that, you know, were blowing people's minds. Like, oh, that ice is melting in real time, you know? Or, like, my yeah. mom would come in, and I'll be playing NBA Live, and be like, that looked like a real basketball game. Which, now, right. you know, looking back, you're like, boy, you was high as hell thinking I looked like <laughs> a real basketball game. <laughs> this shit looks terrible. <laughs> but, 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 you know, like, those type of attention to details were so fun because for me, um, you know, I hadn't experienced anything like that. But also, you know, for an impressionable 14-year-old kid, uh, I, I'm like, you know, I now I'm thinking like, okay, shit, let me start walking on my heels and tapping my, you know, let me start walking slower and stealthy. I could do this shit. You know, like I felt like I, you know, could be writing. And, uh, right. you know, it was it was really fun for me. Because it has such a hint of realism to it that I hadn't yeah. experienced before and something that I played uh, in a video game. I also yeah, feel, 100%. I also feel like that realism sets up a nice foundation for the insane plot twists to be funnier. Like mm-hmm. when, like this is something that Weiger talked about. Uh, do I call you Weiger on the show or do I call you Nick or do I go back and forth? I know I call Either Apodaca, is fine. Apodaca. Um Colonel Weiger said that uh, <laughs> that he uh, the sequence where so all of this realism is built up and then you have the sequence where Otacon loses his sister like his sister is a uh, a programmer who he has not been in touch with Otacon is like Snake's sidekick for those listening at home who have no fucking idea what I'm talking about <laughs> um, and uh, he he. Gets back together with his sister, who's a programmer, who's going to upload this virus to destroy the AI that's going to censor the Internet. Uh, And he reveals after she dies that he fucked her mom. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Fucked his stepsister's mom. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) And feels guilty about it. He is screaming and crying while he's revealing this to you. And her parrot... Uh, that she keeps on her desk is just saying his name over and over again and that she misses him. Uh, So he carries the parrot away from Snake and Raiden to like go save some hostages 
and then drops to his knees, sobbing again, and the parrot leaves. Uh, that whole sequence is fucking crazy. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Also, you think the parrot, like, like it sets up like, oh, the parrot's going to have, like, uh, you know, Emma, the, the sister's going to die, and the parrot's going to, like, know the password or something. It's going to be yeah. it's gonna be involved in gameplay. But no, it's just there to make Otacon sadder about the fact that he railed uh, his dead sister's mom. <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so fucking weird. <laughs> I feel like we've barely we've talked about this game in, in such depth and we've barely scratched the surface because there's so much going on. We haven't talked about Fortune or, or or Vamp or Fat Man, any of the bosses at all or anything. But I but yeah. just time wise, I think uh, I think we got to get to our final thoughts. It's time for our review crew. <laughs> Really? We're just okay. Well, uh We're we're almost an hour in. Fuck. All right. Okay. So, uh we're just going to um talk about something that we liked in the game and then assign a numerical score uh like 1 to 10 out of a million. And oh, okay. uh um how does this Nick, you always talk I'll go this first. part. Thank yes, you. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> Nick, do your job, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'll do this part. Do your job. <laughs> this is a subversion of the podcast trope. Usually it's me. Yeah. This time it's a different protagonist. Um, uh, so I, I just, I'll just stay, and this was something that, that, that Heather touched on with her video but uh, that, that she played, but I just like how fucking what a dirty dog Kojima is, and there's so much of that in this game. There's so many photos of just bikini babes on in, like, inside lockers and, you know, on walls and stuff, mm-hmm. which is just comes from, like, it's clearly, again, everything from him is so uh, on the surface where it's just, like, these are just women that he thinks are hot, and so he's putting them in the game beca- for that reason. Um, and then a- And then it's things like also there's just like the dirty sense of humor like you know you can look look at the toilets uh and and, and have Kodak calls there's also Kodak conversations if you're looking at bikini babes uh if you take pictures of like a a, a, a hunk and send and upload it to Otacon he makes a remark on that <laughs> but there's a section where you get pissed on you're just walking under a stream of urine. Like it's like, it, it, and there's no reason for this to exist except just like is some scatological humor. But it is so great. You can also get in a Kodak conversation after you get urinated on by a by a a, a guard on on an, a higher platform. Um, and and it's just it's the game is just filled with stuff like that again that just makes the the dire stuff just seem even more bananas because you've got all this this just like really crass humor surrounding it, uh, including at one point, one of the levels you're in is Arsenal Gear Rectum. Um, so uh, I am going to get, I, I love this game. I, I Again, I say, I don't think it's aged perfectly, but the set pieces are really cool. And this, I think given its, given its context, this game was really a remarkable achievement. So I'm going to still go high on this. I'm going to say a 9.7. Uh, Heather, how about you? Uh, so w- one of the things that, I've heard about for years uh, is that this game sort of um, forecasts, prognosticates uh, the idea of post-truth internet Um, and getting to that section of the game where uh, the AI delivers a, uh, a, 
sort sort of its motivation is to protect human beings from creating truth bubbles by using the internet to insulate themselves from other political groups and that the only way to combat this is curating the entire internet and all information so that uh garbage dna essentially isn't passed on to the next generation as truth and that fucking section delivered like i could i like i was a little bit like oh we're going to get to that winky part where people people have told me about this part in the game and i'm going to get there and i'll be like oh that's uh-huh, i get it that's i see how you would think not unlike in death stranding everybody's wearing a mask so you really blow it out and are like oh kojima could tell the future everybody wore masks in 2020 it's a little different like we know it's a little different they're wearing masks for different reasons but in metal gear solid 2 the section about post truth is fucking bullseyed like it's yeah. it's perfect and I highly encourage you to listen to the monologue or read the script from that section because it's it's a bombshell to have written that in 2001 and then see it play out 20 years later. And 20 years later, exactly. I mean, it's like fucking incredible. Um, I was extremely frustrated <laughs> with the controls <laughs> in this game. <laughs> like, I cannot say enough about how frustrated I was with the controls. Um, I think that, we gave Snatcher a 10 because Snatcher had a limited interactivity, so it didn't age poorly. And this game, right. this game has aged poorly in a couple of sections just because of the way, not because it was bad at the time, uh, but because our understanding of the vocabulary of video game input has changed and we have certain expectations about how cover mechanics work. So with that in mind, I'm giving this game a... Um, a nine. Okay. Nine. Very yeah, fair. Right. Matt, a.k.a. the Xbox kid, also wearing a PlayStation hat, oddly. Yeah. Uh, but just goes to show you how disloyal Look, Matt is. In these, no, it, it, in these times, we have to sort of reach across the aisle and no, listen to up. each other. See, what y'all don't know on this show is Matt also is the producer on Culture Kings, and if you want yeah. to know the real Matt. No, God, no, we're not doing come this over here. To Culture you're on, Kings. You're, no, I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to say anything. You though. don't get to do that at our house. Um, <laughs> but... Um, so I hadn't played Metal Gear Solid 2. I don't even really... I was saying that I um, had watched my uncle play Metal Gear Solid 1, um, but I don't really, re you know, remember distinguishing the difference between 1 and 2. I just remember him playing Metal Gear. Um, but I don't have any memory of Raiden, so maybe I didn't ever watch him play this one. So getting to play this, um, having only played um, Snake Eater, I was... Yeah, the controls th sort of threw me for a loop because... Um, Snake Eater is a little more is a three is a full 3D game. It, it takes yeah. advantage of the full 3D space, um, but I got used to it and I was truly just having the time of my life. <laughs> like I loved it. Um, I I had a blast playing it. Once I got past, um, I guess I didn't even dislike Raiden. His voice is annoying, um, but I, I my positive thing is more of I, I don't know if it's fully positive, but the section where you're naked for a little bit. And mm -hmm. Raiden is sort of just covering his junk. Yeah, he's just holding. Yeah, you can still do flips, <laughs> like his little his little jump flip, and like yeah. you can. I mean, you're basically you can see his taint, and 
I don't know if that's better than seeing his dick and balls. Like that's that's like, like that's to me is worse. Like so the fact that that you can even do that while nude is very very funny. Kojima is wild. Um I I was scared um by the end of the game just like the whole section of it I was nervous. Oh, my pos- my main positive thing is that the sword is the fucking coolest. I love the sword. I, I texted you guys when I got the sword that I felt like a god, and I did. Because <laughs> uh, I was just, like, just slashing people to death. I love that. Yeah, um, and you get that at the tail end of the game leading into the boss, the final boss fight. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's my positive. I, I love this game. I do want to play through the Metal Gears that I've missed, um, considering, because I don't think we're going to get a Metal Gear maybe ever again. Uh, yeah, but so I'm gonna get I'm gonna give this, I'm, this despite its clunky controls. I'm gonna give it a ten. Ooh. Wow! Wow! Matt, you 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 can play my PS5 now. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm gonna steal yours when you get it and sell it, but you can play mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Jakisa, something positive and and your review. All right, so I, I'm coming at this from a weird place because I haven't recently played the game. So my my uh, view of the game is having played it from like my memory bank, right? You know, right. I played it last time, you know, in the Bush administration. So I, so for me, you know, I'm looking at it with rose colored glasses. So I don't have a memory of the controls. I can understand why the controls are crap now because you know at the time the stuff that it was doing was revolutionary and and things like that but like heather said we as a video game audience and also just the mechanics of the ps2 was a fantastic device but you know consoles are more powerful now um so you know the mechanics of consoles are just a little better a lot better so things can be handled a lot easier, right? So I can understand that. The thing that I really like about Metal Gear Solid 2, which is why I also said Splinter Cell is up there as far as one of my favorite games, is to me, it was one of the first games that required me that I had played to have critical thinking as I'm playing the game. Mm. Um, and, and not just kind of go through it. Like even, you know, for instance, Resident Evil um yeah there were some things you had to like think about and you had to do things right and stuff like that but when it really came down to it it was shoot zombies in the fucking head (laughs) right whereas this there was so much like you know if you hit somebody with a trank dart not in their neck they're not gonna fall down right away um you gotta make sure you're not gonna make noise and get in their cone of vision and all the realistic things that we hadn't necessarily uh, encountered in a game at least i hadn't when you add that to the fact that you can't just bullshit your way past some parts right yes like there are parts in games and we all know those games where if it's hard you can kind of get lucky and bullshit your way through it sometimes uh but this was one of the first games that i played where i was like i can't but i have to figure out the right way to do this <laughs> like to get past this certain part right or, or else i'm just gonna keep dying or else i'm just gonna keep you know running into the same issue and i think that was such a fun thing for me that i i have to give this game a 10 out of 10 
Wow. wow. 10 out of 10, because I don't remember the controls. Uh, I just remember the fun. I remember the story. I remember that it's still relevant to 2020, which is very scary. Yes. Um, especially coming from somebody who, you know, it just goes to show you that what we're going through now isn't some new shit. It's just, you know, what we're going through now. <laughs> right. You know? Uh but, you know, everything about the game, and I also, one of my favorite parts was just, like, watching the girls in the bikinis and shit like that, because I was a horny 14-year-old kid. Um, so I was like, yeah, who look at these white girls? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Raider. You know your girlfriend, fine. A beautiful brunette. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I was I was an impressionable, you know, young teenager. So even, like, things like that, I, I really liked. And and also, you know, we didn't really mention this, but Snake comes back in the game. Yes. And yes. it feels like a, a hero's welcome because you just you kind of forget about him. Uh, if you have never played Metal Gear Solid 1, he's not a major part of the Metal Gear lore. He wasn't to me. So when he came back, I was like, oh, shit, he back. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, you know, so it was a, it was really fun. It was a really fun game. I have really fond memories of this game. I would play it again. Uh, I, I would be very interested to play again, uh, but how long I remember it being seems daunting to me <laughs> right now to play yeah. again. So. It, it's interesting because I, I remembered it being like, oh yeah, this is like a 25-hour game, but it actually, like, my playthrough was like 12, 13 hours. It's not, okay. it's not as so long, it's not as, I, long as I thought it okay. was. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, we, you, just more, you just spend more time like, messing around in it, but if you're actually just kind of going through the story, it's not, it's not super long. It's, it's shorter okay. than I thought. Okay. Um, but, but also, it, and this is for, for our listeners as well, it's not super easy to play these days. You have to have a PlayStation 3 or, or an, uh, like, it, it's not, it's not playable on modern hardware, which is a little bit of a a frustration. Yeah, I wish there was like a I wish there'd be like an HD. They'd re-release the HD remake on PlayStation Five or something. Wasn't that it released nice. on uh, PC though? Couldn't it was, it but PC? it's supposedly a very bad port. Uh, uh, everything I've read is that it it kind of sucks. Oh well. Hey, but those were our thoughts. But Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. some reviews from the internet from uh excited pre-listeners would that be what you'd call somebody who hasn't heard the podcast and then reviewed yeah. something not knowing they were going to be featured right. uh i have a review here from amazon from 2001 december 27 2001 so this is a fresh review right after this kid has played the game <clears throat> unfortunately terrible starts the review <laughs> i don't know what more to say okay maybe i do this game is horrible however you don't realize how horrible it is until you finish it. Then you look back and realize that all the muck you just sat slash played through wasn't worth the egregiously ambiguous ending. Now about Raiden. Maybe I wouldn't have been so angry if I'd expected him to take over most of the game, but I didn't. I had no idea Raiden existed until I had the game in my hand. He's in the instruction manual, but he's not even on the back of the box, and he's the star of the game. <laughs> it might have been cool if you'd got to play as Raiden for a shorter period of the game and then back to Snake, but no. Snake is just the prologue. The next 85% of the game features Raiden with Snake as a supporting character. I'll skip ahead to um, the gameplay is awesome. The storyline is terrible. Raiden is terrible. I will never buy a Metal Gear game again unless Snake is guaranteed as the starring role. 
It's from Brandon F. Yates in 2001. Okay. So he ended up buying like three more Metal Gear games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, he just he just mad because he you know he lost like eighteen times in a row or something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a uh, I've got another contemporaneous one from two thousand one. This is November nineteenth, two thousand one, from the IGN forums. This was from a Kotaku story on the reaction to Raiden that had compiled a bunch of these. Uh, this is a, the username Legacy Account. We seriously were cheated. Snake is the hero of this series. And to think he never fights Ocelot, Solidus, or Liquid in Ocelot's body is fucking lame. We never talked about uh, how Liquid's arm is taking over Ocelot's body. That's right. That's his arm. Little we got into the story of this fucking bananas game. Um, Raiden is a loser. Did anyone catch the lame Titanic reference? They are named Jack and Rose. Uh, Rose is Raiden's girlfriend. Jack is Raiden's real name. The story sucked. I'm just going to pretend it never happened. So people were just like fucking furious about Raiden back in 2001. And Which for, is for funny because afterward. this is that's kind of the commentary of the game is. Yeah. Talking about those type of like entitled uh, entitled players. Mm-hmm. Right. One hundred percent. And thankfully, gamers have matured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's time for the question block. Ba-ding! All right, this one's from at DNA on Twitter. Uh, the MGS games have some really wild bosses. If you were a boss with supernatural powers, what would they be? Uh, some of the bosses of this game, there's Vamp, who is a, uh, who is a vampire. There's Fortune, who is a, vampire, is a near vampire. It's ambiguous. There's Fortune, who is the, uh, the luckiest woman in the world, and you basically cannot hit her. Uh, with a bullet, they just go. They just zing around her, and she has a lightning gun. Um, there's Fat Man, who is a a, a a big dude who rides around on roller skates and plants bombs. So yeah, they they're big, uh, bold, and then of course you battle the president with a katana. Uh, the <laughs> big, big, bold uh, choices for for all the bosses in this game and in other Metal Gear games. Uh, so we, the the question is, who would we be? Yeah, who? Yeah, what would your thing be? You know, I I think my uh, I would somehow use the power of cowardice. I would, I would take uh, Snake's famous stealth uh, ability to hide, and I would use that against uh, against Snake. I think I would be the boss in a cardboard box. I'd have my own box, and there'd be, and I'd be in a warehouse full of various boxes, and Snake would never know under which one I was hiding. And then I'd just be shooting pot shots uh, from there, uh, very discreetly. And then if he ever ever found me, I'd just cower in fear for a little bit and try to get him not to punch me. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather, how about you? Uh, my power would be cringe. I would, mm-hmm. in the middle of a boss fight, like say some personal anecdote or like ev- evidence my own insecurities in some way that it would make uh, Snake or Raiden put their gun away in like sort of pity. <laughs> 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 and then I would and then I would like fire two guns and run. Uh but that that's probably my my ultimate boss. I'd be I'd be the cringe. Okay. <laughs> wow. I, like I love that. it. Uh Jaquise? I think I would be sexy Jay. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you know, and let me you know, so listen, you you're about to fight. You you you're 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 amped up for this fight. But then in walks Sexy J, and whatever form to you that you think is the sexiest person you've ever seen in your life, like you just you you can't you can't fight this person. You want to make love to them. You want to court them. You want to take care of them. You just want to stare at them. That's the form I would take. 
And I would be like, hey, come here. I would even have a good voice. Like, hey, come here. How you doing, baby? And then just stab you in the in the in the in the stomach when I get close. Cause you think you're about to get a kiss. You think you're about to get some kisses, but you're really about to get some knives. Uh, so you know, that's uh, who who gonna beat that person? Who gonna beat that person? <laughs> that's my ultimate boss level. <laughs> I love it. And uh Matt, we know who you'd be. You'd be the Xbox kid. I'd be I'd be Xbox kid. That's right. I'd be like, hey, uh look. Put the gun away. Let's play some Xbox, baby. <laughs> uh, hit us up with your questions on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod or send us an email, GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail, 616-2PLAYED, 616-275-2933. Hideo Kojember continues all month long. Heather, you are, you are grabbing the sides of your head. Well, there was stuff I wanted to say about how this game ripped off Evangelion's ending. Or uh, the fact that uh, Hideo Kojima has like some thing where he wants the protagonist to be the son of a president. Like that's yes. in Death Stranding. Like there's so much more to talk about. Maybe there we should is. do a bonus episode where we just we just talk about uh, some of the other stuff we missed because there's there's absolutely there's so lot. much ground to cover. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but Jagis Neal, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for talking thank about uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. Culture Kings is the podcast. It's here on Id, uh, on Earwolf. Uh, tell us about that and anything else you would like to promote. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, check out Culture Kings. Um, you know, it's it's a show. It's a show that you can listen to. Uh, <laughs> at this point, I don't know what to say about Culture Kings. Any. It's just, you know, it's a show. We got dope guests. We have fun. You know, come hang out with the homies. Learn who the real Matt Apodaca is. No. Um, yeah, just come on out. <laughs> Find out who the young prince really is. God. Uh, at Jackie's Nail on everything. That's the easiest way to find out what I'm doing, what I'm up to, and, uh, you know, hear me talk that shit. There you go. And I also, I also have to say that the reason this is probably ending early is because I'm going to get my teeth cleaned so I can fi- take my final form as Sexy J. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt, tell us next week's game. Next week's game, PT. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge. Before we stop, I I did have a joke that I didn't get to say, and I really want to say it before we stop. Oh, okay, Okay, great. Say it. Okay, so when you find out Raiden used to be a child soldier, it's revealed that he was the platoon leader of the small boys unit. And when I heard that, I was like, sounds like Weiger's dream job. All right. <laughs> I should have left that one off. Should have left. left that one off. Shame on you, Matt. You should put, you should put this in the show. Yeah. <laughs> you should do it as an Easter egg after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>